Sensitivity is intelligence. With grace and skill, you have abundance. Welcome to the Psychic Hour. Host Kelly Brickle is a psychic medium healer, numerologist, and teacher. Her passions are learning about the soul and energy. Whether it's through spirit, emotion, or vibrational numbers, there's always a pathway of information waiting to help. Now, here is your host of the Psychic Hour, Kelly Brickle. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Psychic Hour on WLTKDB. Let's talk radio. Thank you for joining us. Every week we have a guest. Every week we have a topic. (laughs) So you always will get something new. Flavor of the week. Um, With something maybe unexpected too sprinkled in, right? Uh, This week we're going to be having Lindsay Marino on the show. She's a psychic medium. She specializes in training others. Um, to unlock their potential, whether it's through learning how to be more sensitive as a psychic medium or to train you in a more business sense with growing your business and understanding really what that comes with when you're applying being an intuitive. Because I do think, and we're going to talk to her about it, that when you're growing your business, every field is different. It's, it's the same concepts. If you're good in business, you're good in business, okay? You're going to have foundations. You're going to have, you know, things swinging in your favor a little bit more. You, you know how it works, right? You know how to generate money. You know how to get your advertisements out there because business is business, you know? It's, uh, it's not meant to be personal, but this work is meant to be personal. And so that's why it's a very unique business to be in. It's it's a very unique thing. And a lot of people are very sensitive in this business to emotion, to people, um, to their inner guidance uh, as they would be, right? And because of that, sometimes business is much more personal. And that contradiction can really kind of complicate things. And as well, if your business is you being sensitive every day and making sure your sensitivity is online, then you have to take really, really good care of yourself because you do take your work home. You, you, you do. You can separate it. Absolutely. There's boundaries and it's learning more clear-cut boundaries and understandings, but you do take your work home because, you know, the sensitivities that you use to live life not in all ways, maybe depending on the intuitive, because we all have different gifts and we all use um, our abilities differently. But the way we live life sometimes is the way we read. And so it's about making certain decisions for our maintenance and also for our best good with how we make decisions in business. And, You know, it'll be really interesting to hear Lindsay's advice on that because um, I, you know, I'm a business owner. I have, I rent space and I also, I work on, you know, the online platforms where, you know, people through Zoom or people locally in Orange County that I see and I have a number of services. Um, So check me out if you're you're curious, right? Um, (laughs) But You know, throughout the years, I've learned so much in business, what it means to thrive and what to do more of and what to do less of. 
And uh, it is a tutorial crash course. It really is. It's a crash, crash course in understanding yourself and understanding the best decisions to make when you are growing um, yourself in a way where it honors you, not just from a monetary standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint goes really hand in hand. Um, The topic of the day, I really want to kind of talk about because I was inspired, even though that's shaping into a topic of the day itself. I'm like, kind of like, oh, I could, you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to talk about, you know, that with Lindsay more. I think that would be just such a natural flow. Um, The topic of the day originally was inspired because you have to listen to spirit and you have to follow the track, right? You have to listen. Um, Is magic, okay? Last week we talked about like wonderment and that was the topic of the week. And really it's about taking that next step and embracing the magic. Why is that so important? Because we're really co-creating magic when we're working with spirit. Magic is, you know, the intangible. Magic is sometimes originally what we would be in disbelief over. And we are almost alchemists of change through this magic. It's incredible. You know, blows our mind what it's capable of doing, um, sensing, um, how it works with the world. And when you are in touch with your intuition and your spirit and you're using that to help people, you really are wielding magic. Some people get frustrated and they're like, you know, where is the magic, Right. I'm looking for signs. I'm developing myself. I I just don't get it. I can do it sometimes. I can do it, you know, when I least expect it. And it's about co-creating magic at the end of the day. Um, The reason we're able to get things from spirit or psychically why we're able to get impressions of, let's say, people, rooms, energy is because we are in a place where we're working with either another person's energy or with spirit, okay? And that's a process that doesn't happen just from ourselves. That's a process that happens with practice of learning how to work with another's energy because it's not just us. We're not, we're not just rock stars rocking it. And the best in the world at this skill um, they're not just showing up and going, okay, I'm going to do this. Let the magic happen. <laughs> they are on a co-creation level. Please know that. And that co-creation level is communicating with your spirit team. It's about really knowing your skills and it's about working with spirit. That takes time and practice. It really does because energy is constantly evolving. Your understanding is constantly evolving and spirit works with you with fluidity. Okay. So where the magic happens, co-creation and allow it and let that wonderment to really cascade into something that is truly magical. The co-creation of what you can create far beyond yourself you know, think about anything that you are fascinated with spirit. All that happens because something greater than yourself is at work. You know, psychic mediumship is is about connecting to the universe, the universe, which is so vast and, 
It is so expansive and it blows your mind, the possibilities. And through not just yourself, you're creating this connection, this network to that information. You're being guided to and helped through that information. Look here, feel that, um, you know, hear this, right? That's that's not coming from our faculties. That's That's teamwork. And so with teamwork and a little bit of magic, my goodness, if you want to help others, that goes a long way and then some. It's brilliant. It's wonderful. So whether or not this magic is spontaneous spontaneous for you or that it's something that's built up every day, it is something very, very real. And, you know, a lot of people go, Again, why am I only able to do this at random? And it's because, you know, it's a skill. It's a skill. Spirit is going to inspire you, you know, on the fly. And you're going to go, whoa, this is real. Oh, my gosh. I was I was just living my life and this happened. I, ca- I can't ignore this. They need to get your attention. Life needs to get your attention to put you on the path if you really do want to do this. And I mean that from a place of interest, heart, connection. If you are connected to this work, you have to be aligned. And sometimes people are too busy living life to create that for themselves. But once they are on the path with co-creation and help of spirit and belief in this magic and coming on board with creating it yourself, it starts to evolve from there. And it's not just spontaneity, it's skill. It's built up energy that you can understand, wield and work with. And uh, that's where the magic happens. So with that being said, to bring in some magic, um, we're going to bring in Lindsay and say hello to her. Hey, how you doing, Lindsay? Good. It's so good to see you, Kelly. And I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) It's awesome to see you. I I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen you in a long time. And so I'm going to introduce you for those who don't know Lindsay. Lindsay Marino is a psychic medium, business coach, and intuition mentor. She specializes in holding masterminds and training psychic mediums to grow their businesses as well as their abilities with the treats, classes, and more. Whether through teaching or connecting to the other side, she puts her whole heart into what she does. Please welcome Lindsay, everyone. Thank you. Absolutely. I feel like the last time we saw each other was California in person, I think. That was the last time. Was it California, oh LA? Where were we? someplace trying- else? No, it wasn't California. It was Chicago. It was Chicago. It was we Chicago. talked about we talked about California, though, I remember. I remember that you were, you know, taking a course and we were kind of like, you know, communicating about it. I'm like, that's so cool, you know. And um, that was, yeah, that was like 2005. We, we've talked like kind of like off and on, like, hey, what's up? Or, you right. know, right. But yeah, it's been a long time. I know. I know. And part of it feels kind of like yesterday uh, where where I met you was um, Chicago 2013 um, at the Lisa Williams training. Yes, 
that was it. I kept thinking it was LA, but it wasn't. It was Chicago. That was the training in 2013. We both did LA after that, but uh, at different times. So, you know, that's kind of how we're connected from Chicago to LA. Exactly. (laughs) And, And my goodness, wasn't that just like a crash course week? Yes. It was so much. So life changing just to meet and connect with people. I think there's so much of that benefit to connect with like minded people. It's so powerful when you're developing and and learning about mediumship um, and psychic development because it can be a lonely journey if you're not going through it with other people. I think it's a very powerful thing to be able to connect with other people that are wanting, they have the same intention to connect to the other side, which is so beautiful. Absolutely. And where we were was five days, you know, almost isolated because it was all day classes. And so you had to be with other people, even people who would have normally, I think, shied away from others. Like you had to be with people to a large degree or to, you know, a small degree, but all day. Yes, totally. Totally. Full immersion, which is the most powerful thing to do. Full immersion. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So even though I haven't seen you in quite a bit, there's almost like this bond that I have with you because we went through so much with learning over those five days. Totally. I feel the same way. It's funny what can happen, especially when doing this work, because we're so sensitive to energy that you just, your heart opens up automatically when you're doing this work. And it's such a beautiful thing that you can make these, um, you know, friendships, even if you don't see each other, you just know that you've had that understanding and gone through the same thing. And it's beautiful. Absolutely. And it just inspires everything going forward to, oh my gosh, the levels are, the doors open beyond, right? And so since stepping out and kind of creating and creating your own business, what has been your journey since, you fully embrace kind of putting yourself out there publicly. I'm going to ask yeah. you about your 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 story too and how you got into this work, but I, I want to you know ask you too as well uh, when you took the step out and you started creating and learning about yourself and and really saying I want to go in this direction. This is how I'm going to narrow in with my work. How did that evolve and blossom? So it's funny because those of you who don't know me that are listening, I was a third grade teacher. So I was teaching for seven years and I really thought that I was going to retire as a third grade teacher. The teacher in me has never gone away. I always joke around with my my students that are adults and I'll, I'll say the third grade teacher in me is coming out because it doesn't go away. Um, so I, I do love children. I love working with children. But at that point in 2013, that was like the very beginning stages where I wanted to develop this ability, but it was more to connect in with my own past loved ones, Um, specifically uh, my former boyfriend that had passed in a motorcycle accident, and it ignited me in the direction of wanting to connect in with him. And I kind of got wrapped up in signing up for the class because I'm like, oh, I'm just interested in this. And I'm like, I'll just apply. And then it led to this beautiful moment of complete change in my life. And since that starting class, that, that beginning, the beginning stages of it, I just really just followed the breadcrumbs and really just stayed with 
in my feeling of my heart, like, okay, I'm going to take this class or I'm going to spend more time doing private readings. You know, I did a lot of volunteer reading for years before, beforehand, before the class, I was, um, really honing in and connecting with my own loved ones. And then what ended up happening over the years is I was giving these readings and then meeting different clients. And then they were asking me, well, are you teaching, you know, can you teach me about intuition? It started with intuition, the simple, you know, the process of that. And then that led to the mediumship. And then that led to people saying, well, how are you running the business? And, you know, my students kept asking these questions. And at first I kind of resisted certain things. And then I just trusted the feeling and it organically grew into something that I never thought that it was going to grow into. Um, but it started with grief. That's where it all started. Did you have any interest in intuition or energy, or did you notice some things before grief really opened that door for you? It's funny because I grew up Catholic, so I was very connected to the Blessed Mother and the saints. I, I wanted to be like um, St. Catherine of Siena. She used to pray on each step and say the Hail Mary. And <laughs> I remember doing reports for CCD, and I was like, I really wanted to be like her. Like, I wanted to do everything that she did. I I would be praying the rosary a lot um, in my room and read children's um the children's stories in the, in the Bible, the children's Bible, and I'd read miracle stories about angels. So I was really into that. I thought a lot of stuff were sins. So I, I had a fear that I'd be sinning over the littlest thing. Um, but I did have a lot of outer body experiences when I was little, but I thought that they were flying dreams. I would just call them flying dreams. I didn't know until 2007 when I started to uncover this, that I was having these different experiences um, that weren't just flying dreams. They were me leaving my body, as we all do. We all do. Sometimes we don't remember it. Um, and then I always used to give advice to people, and they'd come to me for advice. But I thought it was advice, but I, I believe now that it was more intuitive information that was coming through. And I, I do remember when I was little, I used to be afraid in my room. Like I put the covers over my head and count to five and I'd yell and like call my dad to come into my room. <laughs> and because I was so afraid, I could feel the energy in my room. Like someone was standing there. I just didn't know that it was, I didn't know it was the spirit realm. I just felt like someone was standing by me. Yeah. CCD, you're taking me back. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I did CCD classes too. So it's like, Growing up in that environment, um, it's very supportive in one way, especially if you have like a good community system. But in another way, it you, you're kind of like, I've been raised this way. This is what's good and bad. And now I'm going in the direction where that kind of questions, again, everything that I've learned, what is good and bad. How did you navigate that? Okay, so that's a really good question because before before Nick, my boyfriend that had passed, before he passed, I I would get in my head about like what's a sin and what's not. Um, so I would think certain things were a sin. I think over time, like once I went to college and kind of lived the college party life, I kind of let go of the idea of certain things that I would have thought was a sin, you know, like going out and having a drink, that sort of thing. Um, I kind of let go of that. I just lived my life more so. But after Nick passed, I knew that I needed some sort of 
connection and communication to know that he was okay. And I didn't, I just let that go out the window. I was just like, I just want to make sure he's okay. So I wanted to communicate with him. I didn't think if it was against a religion, it was almost like I had no other way but to tune into him because I kept feeling him around. So that's where all of my beliefs just completely shifted because I let myself let go and I had no energy to hold down that space of what if it's this or what if it's that. I had no energy to get into my head. I really just tuned into my soul. And that's when everything started to uncover and I started to notice some of my life I was doing that, but then the part, parts of me that were feeling guilty, that's where things got in the way, where it can happen to us as humans. And did you feel like it took you, you know, years to kind of process what things meant to you on what's right and wrong? Yeah, I guess with the whole process of like going through it and experiencing it, I started to think, well, if this is healing, you know, if this, that I, I'm getting healing, knowing that he's okay. And, and I went to a psychic medium too, I got healing from it. I'm like, why could this be a bad thing? Like what's so bad about it? And I felt like that's the thing that kind of broke me open too, was to realize how much healing took place. And then when I was practicing doing readings with other people, they had very common fears. Like, well, I, I'm Catholic. I think it's a sin. I'm afraid. And I would never push it on anyone. But if they came to me, and they wanted to kind of experience a reading, they would get that same healing too. So I knew that those beliefs that I was maybe put the pressure on myself to, to not do certain things didn't serve me anymore. It didn't make sense. It just didn't feel right in my soul. Absolutely. And if you could, I guess, take us through the story. Um, you were a teacher at the time, full-time teacher, third grade. Yes. You you had a very deep soul connection to the person who passed in your life. Please, um, if, yeah. if you'd like to take us through that story, it's a powerful one. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting because it almost feels like sometimes it feels like yesterday and then other times it feels like it was like 30 years ago. Um, but for me, it was like the prime of my life. That's how I felt because it was my second day of teaching the third grade. I just got the teaching job and um, my boyfriend at the time, his name is Nick, and we were supposed to meet to babysit for a family friend. And I went first and then he was supposed to show up. And I thought it was really weird that he just, he wasn't coming and he was always on time. And I just hung up with him. And I remember that day where my heart started racing really fast. Like I had a moment waiting for him at the house and now I know that it was him that was there. I actually opened the door because I thought that he was there. Like I felt mm -hmm. like he was there and he wasn't there. And I was like, that's weird. And the dog was acting funny. I was with the child and a dog. And it was almost like someone came right there. But I didn't really connect that until later. Um, so after that happened, after I found out that he passed by calling his phone and having a state trooper pick up, you know, they say that when you, you die, your life flashes before your eyes. I, I've heard it from readings when I connect in with past loved ones. But in that moment, my life literally flashed be, before my eyes. I actually saw the things that we didn't get to do. I saw the things that I wanted to do that like everything flashed really quick and I didn't believe that he passed. Um, 
And I just remember going through those first couple of weeks in a complete daze, like a complete daze where there were times where I feel like I couldn't talk to certain people. Uh, I couldn't, like I was in a state of shock. And what ended up happening is, is over time, because we were together for a short amount of time, it wasn't like it was 10 years, but it was a, a soul connection without a doubt. I do feel as though after he passed, we built even more of a connection because he's been helping me. And my husband now um, was mutual friends with him. They were childhood friends and we didn't meet till after Nick had passed. So my husband, Tony, was brought to me by Nick. And excited. <laughs> it, it's crazy how it's happened. And that was four years after he passed, about four years after that we met. And he's been working with us. We, we have our past loved ones. They work with us um, in the work that we do. And it, it's been such an interesting process. I, I would never wish it on anyone to go through that experience because it was very painful. And with any death, it's that part of yourself never goes away. You know, there's a part of you that dies. And I always say, I forget who I was before that happened, you know? Um, but for me, I, I was, you know, in bed, not getting out of bed for a while. And then I had a moment where he was giving messages like, you got to get out of bed. You need to be with friends. You need to take the trips. You need to do this. And that's when everything transformed for me was when I got that message, um, I got it from me at times, but it was through a medium that started that conversation of you got to get out of bed. Wow. So, you know, Nick was helping you. Um, you learned that there was a way to hear him and he was giving you such healing guidance to start, you know, like, you, you know, this is what it's going to take for you to go from A to B. And so with that, you kind of knew exactly the core healing components of what a mediumship reading needed. Yeah. I think going through that grief, I know going through that grief has prepared me so much for giving readings. Like, because I can't even, I don't know how I got out of the place that I got out of. Like if it weren't for the communication with him, it would have been even darker of a road you know, to get up out of that space. Like if, if anyone met me at that time, you know, they would be like, you're a different person because it was a process. Like it was, it was definitely a process, but I definitely feel like it did help me going through that experience. So, Cause I can empathize with people that come to me. Like you could kind of feel, you know, where they're at and everyone's different when they're going through grief. Like some people feel that, moment of anger, shock, frustration, pain, like hopelessness. Um, but I've been there in my own way. I can't compare it exactly to each person, but I definitely have so much compassion for people because of the, I was hardly getting out of bed, just going to teach. That's what I was doing. That That's amazing that, you know, even though so hard, you just kept going and life evolves and you discovered, I want to be a part of this. Yeah. What led you to that moment where you're like, I need to start 
you know, it's so strong. I'm aware of, you know, the energy in other people. I feel like certain things are coming through. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to expand on this while I'm I'm healing, I'm growing. I think for me, that's a good question because I there were some pivotal moment, moments in my journey. Like I was teaching third grade and then after school, I would do readings. So I had a friend, um, one of my best friends from college. She's like, I have someone that's going to call you. It's going to be in the middle of the night, her time. Um, and she's in Africa, but she wants a reading from you. And and I just, you know, I was practicing. Like I wanted to give her value too because I understood the pain, but I was also practicing. Mm-hmm. When that stuff started to happen, like when the family members, one person got a reading and then someone else got a reading and then they sent other people, it got really busy. And I knew that I couldn't, my hand couldn't be in teaching the third graders and doing the readings because I was getting very busy with the private readings. And then I was doing events and I wanted to travel. And at that point, I remember I was starting my radio show. And before all of this, I was hiding behind a flower, a yellow flower on my Facebook page. And my name was Love Energy. So I didn't say that it was me, like my friends knew it was me, but like all the new people that would come, they would just know me as love energy. So I would have like a Facebook group called um, like gratitude equals magnitude. So I'd share quotes because that's what I felt comfortable with. But I remember there was this moment where I felt like there was more, like I knew that there was more my soul I was intrigued by this process and I was getting busy, but it was exciting for me. And I read the book called Dying to Be Me. I talk about this book a lot with my mediumship students too. And it's all about the near-death experience of a woman named Anita that died, went to heaven and came back. And she talks about the power of being yourself. And that's what caused me to get rid of the yellow flower behind my Facebook page start a radio show, put myself out there. And then I'm like, okay, I can't be hiding. Like I can't be the third grade teacher and the psychic medium because I'm half doing it. I was afraid that like the the kids' parents would say, oh, there's a psychic teaching the class. Um, So I felt like I need, I couldn't do both. Like my soul pulled me out of the system, you know? That's amazing that you were you know, teaching full time and then you were doing readings at night. That that's a full loaded schedule. How did you do it? Yes. I had to set up, I had to figure out the schedule that worked because I I think I did two readings after school a couple times a week. And then on like Saturdays or Sundays, I would do some readings, but I think that's kind of the big thing with the business. And I'm saying, I'm calling it a business because that's the best way to say it. It's, it's really like my purpose. But the best yeah. way to describe it is a business because, you know, it it's part of that. The purpose, you can still get paid for your purpose. And that's what it was. But um, when it started to get busy, I started to realize that I had to restructure the schedules because when you are doing this work, it's not like a nine to five job where you can do readings all day, every day and feel great. You really have to figure out it's about balancing and integrating the lifestyle too in it. So I found that I, leaving teaching, I had to figure out my new schedule too and figure out what worked for me because it wouldn't work if I didn't adjust it the way that I have now. And I think trusting the evolution of it is so important over the years. Absolutely. We need different things at different times, uh, different you know, reading schedules are going to be 
you know, coming up based on our needs. And uh, please talk about that. Uh, You know, a teaching schedule, a full-time job schedule is very different than your reading schedule. Because a lot of people, you know, when they first start, as I'm sure you know, logically would think I'm going to, you know, devote eight hours to this every day. I'm going to do maybe, you know, eight readings a day because that's, you know, a reading every hour. And that is just energetically, oh, no, don't do that. (laughs) It doesn't work well. I know. I, you know, for, for years I was doing five readings. So I would have them like one at nine, one at 10, and then I'd have like an hour break. And then the other two would be the other half of that day. At the very beginning stages, I had nighttime readings because that's what would work. I was very afraid to change my nighttime readings, like the after-school readings, to have daytime readings because I thought, well, what if my clients can't make it? But what I recognized is I needed to be best for me so I could be best for my clients. So what worked for me was I would rather do them during the daytime. So I shifted it up. And um, when I'm doing my readings, I'm doing my readings some of the time, but I also am, I'm still a teacher. So I absolutely love to teach all about mediumship development, but then also how to go deeper with, you know, those abilities and um, membership for mediums too. So because I have that balance of the readings plus the teaching, it feels really good. And part of that whole process, I believe like my philosophy on mediumship is there's so many different parts to it. There is the, the self-care part and that's not just going, you know, getting massages. Like that's very important, but it's a mindset piece around it. So the mindset, the mindset piece comes into play with self-care. That's such a huge, you could, you could get all the training in the world for mediumship and practice all the skills in the world. But if you don't practice your mindset, you will feel like you're getting eaten up by your own thoughts, negative, negative thoughts, or focusing on everything around you that it you're, you're putting on the gas and then you're putting on the brake and then you're putting on the gas and you're putting on the brake. So having the balance of that self-care, um, the physical exercise, like the nutrition, and then the practice. So that's where it comes into play for me when it comes to scheduling that that's part of my purpose right there is to have a human life while I'm also doing my teaching and my readings too. Absolutely. Um, you know, you went from a school schedule to a you schedule yes. you know? and uh, the self-care is so important. It's not just because, you know, we, have our own businesses. So we have the extra time. It's literally about, you know, understanding ourselves on a deeper level. That That's part of the work. A lot of, how can I put it? It's hard work, like to understand yeah. your emotional self and layers, you know? So, so it's to true. think about it, people are going like, oh, you know, it must be you know nice to just have all that time for yourself. And it's like, actually, it's a lot of hard work. You're constantly yeah. reviewing emotions, you know, you're, you're learning about things. You are pushing yourself so you can give that to other people. Exactly. Like that's exactly it. It's almost like you have to be doing the work, the inner work. And that comes back to like having fun too, um, with the human (laughs) side, because I know that it could, it's so easy to, to do all the work and the self-development and all that. And then it's like having fun and having those human experiences. I think one of the big things that I've found with 
working with all these psychic mediums is we all have the same insecurities and fears. And sometimes you, we could put ourselves on this, you know, this idea of it has to be perfect. Like we have to be perfect people, but just because we're psychic mediums doesn't mean that we have to be perfect. Like we're still learning too. During the session of the reading, we're doing the best that we can to see through a clear lens, but we also have that human side to us that, and that's what we're meant to be living. We're, we're meant to be living that human life. Um, so some of the insecurities that have come up from my mediumship mentorship students, and even, you know, my students that have been doing it for 20 years, they feel like an imposture at sometimes, you know, like in those moments of, am I supposed to be doing this? Am I good enough? Um, you know, do I have to be, you know, putting in more energy to clients? Like there's so much that comes into play. And also the other thing that people think is, well, what if I'm not at the right level, you know, to develop in this circle? Or what if I'm, you know, I need more practice in this? And it's like the judgment can really take over. And that's why I, I feel really strongly in like that repetitive action in that communication and time for yourself too, to have those conversations with my yourself and myself, like what's going on today? Like, how are you feeling? You know, wh yeah. what's happening? The human psyche plays such a fundamental effect on how we read. And even people yeah. who are, let's say, developing and, and have their spiritual team with them. And some of them don't, I guess, they don't know how to do the emotional work. And I'm sure that's something that you lead people through within, you know, your masterminds and um, your mentoring. Yeah. I really do love that piece because I feel like that's a piece that over the years I felt like I needed. And I was like, I need this to kind of come into play. And it really, it comes back to the awareness of, you know, it might not be perfect, but I'm aware after I do a reading, like I remember for years, there were moments where I would beat myself up after like an audience event or a private reading. And I'd say, oh, that could have been better. And then I'd replay what I could have said. And there was one time I remember I really beat myself up where I tried to overcompensate. So I gave a longer reading that just drained my energy and it didn't really get me anywhere. And I remember contacting a friend and telling him what happened, another medium friend. And just the, the moment of like that space where I could share it with someone that got it, it really shifted something in me. I don't remember exactly what he said. I just know how I felt and I knew that, okay, this is not abnormal for this to come up, but there's no point of me replaying this negative conversation that I had. And they were satisfied with their reading, but I didn't feel fully satisfied. I knew that it wasn't how I normally would read, you know, in that moment. So I think the big thing is, is I, I stop myself. So these experiences that come up, whether they're, I'm putting in quotes like negative, they are the learning experiences and just being aware of those moments and knowing that there's little golden nuggets in it. You know that, okay, that right there is a mindset shift, just taking time to reflect on it. And that's when I stopped overthinking. So if I ever come up to that space again, where I feel like I'm doing that, like I take it, I will never take it through my weekend. But if I find myself having those wandering thoughts, I'll say, okay, here it is coming up again. Okay. I'm aware of it. And now I'm going to move on and I'm just going to keep on doing my readings and 
they're not always going to be perfect. You know, you might not always get names or the, the, the evidence that you want, but the best that you can do is deliver the messages in a, in a way of integrity and love. And that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Mindset is everything. And, you know, we're always working to surrender in that moment when we're working actually our mind. Yes. <laughs> so true. <Right? laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, we've, we've had to have been on board and have enough helpful patterns where we can use our mind passively. <laughs> yes. That's so true. Oh. It's like moving out of the way. <laughs> yeah. It's like being present, but moving out of the way at the exact time. I think that's kind of the, you know, uh, dilemma with, uh, I guess, this work at times, right? It's so true. And I was just talking to some students the other night and, and I talked about how, you know, you know, the phrase, if you, if you stay ready, like you'll be ready kind of thing. I might be ruining that, the quote, but I feel like it's important to be in the, the most anything and everything that you want to say, that's truth for you. Like if you, if you want to say yes to going out with a friend, say yes. But if you really don't want to go, don't feel guilty about saying no. Like if you're doing that in your life, when you get to the mediumship piece and you do a reading, it's not like you have to wind up to be in that high frequency because you're already living in a space of truth outside of the mediumship readings. And I found over time, I started to let go of pieces of myself that were pleasing other people instead of being, you know, being the nice Lindsay, being the good girl, um, I started to honor what I felt. I can still be compassionate and be loving, but I also feel like there's power and truth and saying yes to the things that energize me and saying no to the things that don't align. You know, like doing this interview made me so excited to talk with you. And I don't do this with just everyone because I have to feel aligned with it. And that's why I, I, I like honor the time and energy, even talking with you right now, like everything that I do, I want to be completely present in. And I feel like it's helped my readings over the years by carving out that time that feels really good for me and my soul. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Of course. Of course. I've been so excited about this. I appreciate the good vibes. I'm always excited to talk to you too. Um, thank you so much. Um, with, you know, evolving your life and coming more into alignment with what feels good and knowing your spirit, what are some of the biggest changes that you made? Good question. I, I feel like I've been doing less probably over the years, like thinking back on it. When I started doing the readings, I've been doing less, like, like less work and more living. Like I really have been... Uh, I love to travel. I love to be in nature, that sort of thing. But I also feel like carving out alone time over the years, um, that started in 2007. And I feel like that was like a complete game changer for me because even though, you know, my husband, Tony, like we love the same things. We, we travel together, we work together, you know, we do the podcast and masterminds, but we also need space and we both need that. So we honor that space. And I feel like that's where I get that recharge to be alone. So I feel like that's really important. I feel like it's important to surround yourself with people that are on the same wavelength of, you know, wanting to get better. Like nobody has to be perfect. Everyone's on their own journey, you know, but just being surrounded with people that are 
excited to live, excited about life. Cause that's, yeah. I feel so much gratitude for living. And I thought that I was grateful before, but the death and I'm putting in quotes cause he's still alive. The death of Nick really taught me how to live fully because we don't know how much time we have. So that's helped exactly. me so much to just honor those feelings of like, I'm very, um, I, I am like go with the flow a lot where I'm like, Oh, let's go and, and go to the beach or let's go. I feel like painting today, you know, doing those types of things. I, that excites me. And I, I always love learning. I'm always a student. So just as much as I teach about psychic mediumship development and business, I'm also a learner too. And that is so important. I feel like we're always learners. You know, when we think that we've already have everything that we've learned, it's almost like you have to start back at the basics because we're going to be constantly learning. And that's what yeah. makes me feel excited to teach too, to have that energy, that excitement. To have that recycling of zest. There's a quote that I really like from Kate Bush. It's uh, She says, just when I think I'm king, I just begin. I love that. I love that. I totally agree with that. <laughs> I mean, it's like we're just cycling through life, right? Yes, totally. Cy- cycling and spiraling. So you know, we're not here for very long either. So I love the fact that you're like, I've embraced living more and more that I understand, you know, the importance of being me because my goodness, like we don't know how long we're here and we only have one life as, you know, Kelly Brickle and Lindsay Marino. Mm -hmm. We, I I believe we have multiple lives. I believe we have quite, quite a many, but there's only one with, you know, me being in this identity, possibly. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That is so true. I, I agree. And to fully embrace what that means to be ourselves in this lifetime. Yeah. I feel like I'm still trying to figure out certain pieces of me. Like I know, I know who I am. There's an essence of me. And then there's pieces of me that I see that are kind of coming out. And you know, when you're around certain people, sometimes they bring out those pieces of you that you're like, oh, I forgot about that side of myself. Yeah. Or, um, So that's really a beautiful thing too. I feel like it's an ongoing process. Oh, that's, I love that. Like finding people who reinvigorate parts of yourself. Like those are, those are some of the best friends on the planet. I know. It's so true. It's so true. And I feel like everything is communicating with us. Like that's a big thing that I've been learning the past like three years or so specifically was, you know, through the ups and the downs of different things that have popped up in, in my life and everyone's life, like everything is communicating with us. So it's so important, you know, being sensitive as we are, you know, the psychic mediumship stuff, whether we're feeling it or saying it, it's the same thing anyways, because you know things without it being said. So for me, um, when you asked me a question a little bit ago, I forget the exact question, but you things that I was doing to be in that energy, you know, um, even outside of the readings, for me, it's about communication because in the past, I felt very uncomfortable talking about feelings. But over the years, I've learned that I have to say it. Um, and if it's on my mind, just speak it. So that's been a big thing too honoring those feelings and just speak it when it comes up. Uh, an increased state of flow. Yeah. It's, yes. it's a tall order. It's easier said than done. Right. You know, right. because we, you know, 
you could be in a room with other people and you kind of just feel if they're going to be receptive or not to it and to yes. make the choice to still kind of flow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's true. I know being an empath when you're in like a crowded room, especially. So one thing I noticed with development, like the mediumship development stuff, you know, taking classes or being in classes, like you need a safe space to be able to learn and grow because everyone's feeling insecure at some point doing this work. It's like you're talking to um, loved ones in spirit that, you know, you can't see them sometimes. It's just like a feeling. You have to go off of the feeling. You have to trust it. So you're like dealing with the intangible, you know, moment of like you can't see physically. So when you're dealing with people that are feeling insecure and then you're feeling insecure yourself and then you're not communicating, it makes it so complicated. So it's important to be vulnerable. And that's the one thing that I talk about with the students is like, be vulnerable. That's where the magic is going to take place by sharing your insecurities so that we could get them out on the table and just go with it and have fun. And that's why there's so much growth that takes place because they feel safe that they can show up and be themselves and not feel judged, you know? And surrendering that second guessing, you know, or yes. um, when second guessing comes into play and, you know, you've learned not to fully trust your beliefs. You're always kind of having to get past the sensor that's locking in who you want to be or what you want to say. Yes. Yeah. Like before you actually, it's like giving a reading when you could overthink it before delivering the message, <laughs> you know, and it, and it's like that we were talking about like moving out of your own way when it's happening, because it can be one of those things where you, it slows you down when you overthink it you know, and that could come up. For sure. And, you know, I can definitely empathize with the story that you mentioned of, you know, when we're overthinking things, we overexplain things. Yes, totally. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. I could made that much more concise because they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I know what you're, I know what you're talking about. It's like cutting down the, the filler words or the waffling when it's happening um, that's something that I've worked on over the years and it, you know, I could catch myself at different points too doing that. So absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I mean, we're in the, you know, job description of being a translator and you do have to be specific when you're being a translator. So sometimes yeah. it's like, how much should I go into this? <laughs> exactly. It's funny. It kind of reminds me of something that happened to me was at my first group event. It was soon after our class and I did it with two other mediums and it was in Chicago and I was the third medium to go. So I had to deliver the messages as a third medium. And I was pacing back and forth in this hallway in the hotel. And the niece of one of the mediums was there and she watched me. I want to say she was like 12 or 14 at the time. And she looked at me and she's like, you know, when I see people pace, I always thought that it meant that they were nervous about something or, and I'm like, you know what? You're very, you know, observant. Yes, I am really nervous. Um, cause I'm about to speak. She's like, what are you nervous about? And I'm like, well, I just want to make sure that, you know, the spirit realm is there and there's past loved ones that are going to come in through. And she's like, but you don't have to think about what you have to say because it's almost like the game of telephone. Like they just tell you what they want to say. And then you say it to the audience and like, whatever she said to me, like she unlocked something and it stuck with me. And I'm like, 
this little earth angel was brought to me like in this moment, exactly what I needed to hear because I was so in my head thinking, what if they don't come through or what if I, you know, don't get information across like a certain way? She's like, you don't have to think about it. They just tell you and then you just tell the audience. And, and it just made me think of that when we were talking about the process of like overthinking where we don't have to, we're just listening to them and we deliver it. And that innocence of a child, the simplicity with it all, uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome that that happened. And There's a best I remember, the, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the things, right, the, from such a pure perspective, uh, unfiltered yeah. perspective. Um, I remember when you uh, did that because I, I remember reading it online and stuff. And I was like, go, Lindsay, and go everyone out. <laughs> like, that's so cool because – I, I, was it like a year later after um, the class or was you it that same year? I know that it was in April, but okay, wait, okay. would that be? Yeah. So yeah. it might've been the April. Cause we did that class in August. I want to say if I remember July, July. Oh, July. Okay. Yeah. So it was that April. Like I'm almost positive. It was that April. Okay. Yeah. That's so, you know, yeah. 10 months or something like that. Yeah. And it was nice to know that I was doing it with other people. And then after that, you know, I did my event by myself and felt like I wanted to throw up, but I still did it. <laughs> you know, my friends like, come on, you just show up and, and come to the restaurant. He was running a restaurant at the time. And he's like, just let's do it. I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm ready. He's like, no, he's like, just show up. So wow. I did. he had the people, 70 people from Boston in my, you know, near my hometown. And I was petrified. But I think that's what is important with this work that sometimes we're not sure if we're ready. Like we might not be fully ready, but we have to get started somehow and take that step. And, you know, maybe it leads to doing some volunteer readings. Maybe it ends up with a full-time uh, work in this, this work. Maybe not. But I would trust the breadcrumbs wherever you're at and anyone can connect into the spirit realm. It's about a choice, just like playing the piano. You can take the classes and learn the techniques. You know, you might not have an ear for music when you were little, but you can develop it. I think that's really important to know. And it takes that bravery to say yes. The fact that you're like, I don't know. And they're like, come exactly. on now. <laughs> just show exactly. up. Right. You look back and you're like, what did I just do? What just <laughs> happened? You know? <laughs> Something good, something uh, meant to be. So uh, something I, I do want to ask about too is um, within this work, it is so personal. Yes, yeah. there's boundaries that need to happen. Yes, um, when we are dealing with others, sometimes we do take our work home. Uh, we're always finding ways, again, to establish the proper boundaries. But doing this work is a way of living life. You know, it's yeah. not a typical job. So what advice would you say to someone who's starting um, their business within um, psychic mediumship or healing or, you know, the metaphysical um, field? Okay. I would say to say, stay laser focused on what you want to do. It's very easy to d get distracted by the noise. And, you know, you might see someone online and think, oh, they have it together and, you know, they're doing this. And maybe if I do it like that, it will work. It's not always going to work the same. Also, you don't know where they've been. You know what I mean? So not comparing yourself to feel like, 
oh, I, I'm not doing enough or I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Like really honor your journey individually, but also set up time, like really al align your work and your readings to have practice sessions. Like if you're brand new to it and you're trying to get clients, keep on practicing, like gather the testimonials together too, and have them tell friends about your work and just get the buzz going by, by serving. And then I feel as though setting up a schedule, um, one of the things that comes up in mastermind, sometimes you don't have to open your schedule, you know, wide open. Sometimes people are in the space of, I don't know if I want to book a reading. And if they have too many options, it's too overwhelming. So pick the schedule that works for you and let it be easy for them to schedule something too, but also live your life as a human separate from the work. I feel like that's the biggest thing is like you have a life outside of doing the reading. You'll come back better for your clients or your students if you're, you're teaching. So make sure that you do have that life outside of the work and, and don't put so much pressure on yourself. Like have fun. Cause there's been times where I'm like, I, I actually, I have a friend that just went to the spirit realm and I, I was leading my retreat. And there was a moment where I'm, I got to stay on schedule in this moment. Like it was like a window of time. Like I got to make sure I do this. And I heard him beside me say like, just have fun. And I'm like, Oh, I forgot. I had a moment where I like got in my head about making sure I was on schedule and I shared it with my students and they, they understood that side of it where just have fun. And we learn so much from the spirit realm, like take their advice too. Even if we're getting messages for other people, we're experiencing healing by listening to their messages. And most of them say everything goes back by in a flash, like do what makes you happy. Don't try to make everyone else happy because you're never going to satisfy everyone. You could be mother Teresa and someone's going to be upset with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So just do what makes you happy and it's going to change everything. I feel like that's the most important thing. The only way to happiness is with a homemade recipe. <laughs> I love that quote. I love it. I never heard of that, but it's so true. I just, you inspired it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is like the best quote ever. <laughs> I just true. saw you like whipping up something in the kitchen while you're talking <laughs> about that. And I was like, okay, I'll go with it. Right. It feels That's like amazing. it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Every one of us has different plans for what we want to do with our life and just honoring that. Different tastes. Exactly. And, yeah. um, you know, like sometimes people are like, don't do that. Right. And it could be even yeah. from a work sense. Don't do that. That's not the way it's done. And then you just see that they're working with a different type of energy because that's the way that they run. They function like they had to discover that for themselves to bring that forward for other people. And, you know, there's just, there's no rule on it. It's so true. And, and it is about the energy that you just brought up too, because one person can do it one way and have this, these amazing results because their energy and belief is behind it. But if you try to replicate it in that way and it doesn't feel right to you and you don't have belief in it, it's going to come out differently. And I, what I tell my students too is no matter what you learn in this class, don't, if there's something that doesn't resonate with you, put it to the side. Don't feel like you're put in a box. Like you're going to learn from all different teachers, which is such a beautiful thing. There's so many beautiful pieces and all the mentors that I've had over the years. 
I like, I appreciate so much of each of them, but really make it your own and feel what feels right to you when you're doing the work and you're doing the readings. You know, I think that's important. Absolutely. You know, you're connected to uh, your personal um, feelings of truth, but also just like, you know, truth is very objective. If you are getting truthful, accurate results, then my goodness, check, you know know what I mean? Just learn more about yourself. Uh, There's no one way to do it. Um, What have you learned as you've evolved? I'm using the word evolve a lot with you today. (laughs) (laughs) As you evolved your, it's a great word, evolved your, your business. Um, What have you learned to, I guess, say um, no to? What did you learn is more efficient in doing what you've done? You can do it from a you know, a personal development perspective, but also let's say, um, a numbers perspective even, because this is, this involves renting space, you know, advertising, uh, partnering with other people. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's, it's very grounded in business, this work too, when you really have to step out. It's not just the self. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm very big on integrity. Like my big thing is, is like, I want to do things with integrity. So if I'm going to connect and collaborate with people, I want it to be in the form of like someone that I'm working with is an integrity. Sometimes you work with people and you're like, oh, okay. That was an experience. That was great to experience it, but it's not aligned with my beliefs and that's okay too. You know, so maybe it doesn't happen again. Um, the other thing is, is I believe in like giving and receiving, like, giving, 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 and not being able to receive creates an imbalance in the business. So you could be volunteering your readings. You could be giving over giving during readings. Maybe, you know, you start, they book a 30 minute reading and you go like an hour and a half, like there's going to be an imbalance with that. So I really honor that and stay aligned with what feels right for me. Like to stay, I, I notice over the years at the beginning stages, I probably overgave when I didn't want to, and it felt different. So now I just honor Mm -hmm. those feelings. When it comes to numbers, every year my business has grown. I feel like I've trusted the process where I'm like, hmm, that wouldn't make sense like to someone else. Like I've been judged by the way that I've done the business. Like maybe someone would think, well, you're going to charge that for a reading, but I'm like, I have to honor what I feel. So I have to block out the noise of what other people are, are saying or I'm feeling. And a lot of times they come to me for, for business advice after like, okay, now I want to know what you did. I found that it's not even necessarily like the quantity is more of the quality. So I'd rather give like a quality reading and not do 10 readings out of the day. You know, I'd rather like really compartmentalize those readings and know that the timing of them. Um, so that's a big thing. The other thing is, is I feel like I always share, like if I post online, I share from a space of like, I feel that energy in the moment. I don't just post just to post. Like I'll, it's an emotional feeling when I put something out there or share something. So when Tony and I create a podcast, like we literally will have to feel into the topic and feel really good about it. You know, like before we start talking about it, like we're not going to just put out mindless things just because. And I feel like that impacts business too. Like that creation process. When I create courses, um, a lot of the, because I've been in the teaching field for 20 years now, it's been 20 years because I started going to college for teaching in 2002. 
So for 20 years, I've been around like teaching students or in the education. And so lesson plans for me are very easy because I've been in the school systems. I had to create all of this and I've seen how different people learn. Um, But one of the things that I've noticed with this is you have to have the, the brain space or the, the space to, to create. And in order to do that, sometimes it's not sitting at a computer to create. It's actually leaving your space and going to a coffee shop. Like every week, my husband and I, we have a meeting on Fridays. And we got that from the teaching system because we used to hate our faculty meetings when we went and did that. He was a teacher too, not at the same school as me. But um, what we we gathered from that, there is importance of meeting and having consistency. So every Friday, we will go to a coffee shop normally. We'll usually leave the house. Like sometimes we'll go to the beach, like a coffee shop by the beach too. And we even did it when we traveled to Italy. Like we had our meeting in Italy. We still made it fun. And it's just simple questions where the start of it is positive praise. So we give the other person positive praise for that week. Like I notice you did amazing during this time with your students and like specific praise. Um, and then we go down and we look at the numbers for the week. Like, okay, what, what did we do this week for numbers? Like who, who came in for clients? And then also at the end, we'll reflect on what we can do for the next week. So it's like, it doesn't take long once you get the system down and you don't have to have someone else there to do the meeting. You can do the meeting by yourself, but that meeting is a complete game changer for me because a lot of people wait until tax season to figure out like, how did I do with the work that I was doing? And we're talking more about numbers right now, Um, but with the energy, because it creates belief in you to know that, okay, I'm doing something that's working or I can tweak this in a different way. Well, that's great advice. I mean, you become so aware. Yeah. You become so um, present and these are my goals and this is what I'm building and this is what I'd like to tweak. And I, this feels more right. And even more wonderful, you have a partner to bounce that, off of where they're in the same spot. And I love how you begin with uh, the the positivity, like, Hey, this is where we're rocking it. And this is what I saw. And it sounds so productive. Yeah, it really is. And it's like in the days that we, like there were weeks where we were traveling at one point and we're like, Oh, we missed two weeks of a meeting. We felt completely different, not doing the meeting. You could tell the difference. So it really makes a big difference to do that too. It's a, it's a, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say like the creation process is fun too, aside from the meetings, like going and hang out and having fun, just setting the intention, like, okay, I'm open to receive information for a course or a mastermind and then go. And like, I remember we were riding bikes and the idea of the membership came about. And my husband's like, you know, after the mentorship, they want more. So, cause I'm like, I don't want to create another course from this. And he's like, what about a membership? And I'm like, well, I don't want to be on the computer all day. And he's like, well, you don't have to, you can make up your own rules. And I started to recreate on what felt right to me and what I needed when I was doing this development. And I implemented that in the membership. And it was when I was riding my bike that things started to come to fruition, those ideas. So I think kind of 
letting go of the box that we put ourselves in when it comes to like business that it has to be so structured and it has to be a certain way that we can, you know, we're, we're creative creatures that use imagination. So why not go out in nature and change it up to get the info? It's true. It's true. It's great advice. And, uh, it sounds like it's just, you know, it energizes you so much this like creation process that you do. Um, can you share a little bit too, um, as I definitely want people to know where to find you a little bit about your podcast and what you talk about and how that came to be. Yes. So, so where they can find me is lindsaymarino.com. Um, like Dan Marino, the football player, that's how you spell the last name. Um, and Lindsay with an A Y and I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, Lindsay Marino medium on Instagram and then Lindsay Marino. Um, just joined TikTok. I'm getting used to it. Um, but with the podcast, that cre- that creation happened after I I started my radio show. So first there was the radio show. I was interviewing a lot of people and I loved that for years I was doing it. It was called Intuitive Guidance with Lindsay Marino. And I would do some readings at the end, um, little mini readings. And then I started to think, I don't want to commit to a definite time that I want to do the show and I want to be able to have people get to know me too. And I asked my husband and he's like, no, I don't feel like doing it because I wanted him to do it with me. He's like, I'm not ready right now, but maybe in the future. And then all of a sudden it was a feeling like he's like, okay, I'm ready. So now we talk to each other about topics, about spirituality and business for empath entrepreneurs and psychic mediums. And then we also are interviewing people. So we're going to start doing more of that um, too with the podcast. So I, I really love it. Very cool. I, yeah, I, I remember uh, listening to some of your episodes back in the day. Yes. So. <laughs> I know it's funny how much it's crazy what's what's occurred throughout the years with all these different things that have kind of organically changed over, you know. For real. It's like lifetimes within lifetimes, even though it's like right. a day ago. It's like mind-blowing. <laughs> I know. I know. What is, I guess, at the end of the day – um, where do you find yourself with within all this work, um, continually coming to a place of, um, this is who I am, this is who I am? That's a really good question. I think it's in the silent time that I feel that. I And even after a reading or after being at an event with like my students, I feel like, oh my gosh, I feel so grateful. And it comes back to that gratitude. Like I'll actually say it, like, I feel so grateful. I can't believe this is my life right now that I get to do this. So it's in that reflection time by myself that I can feel it. And it's a feeling that comes alive inside of me where I just know that this is what was meant to be, even though I I didn't plan it, but it just unfolded. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that and yourself today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I have such gratitude with you being here. Is I feel so grateful that you had me on. I feel honored. I'm I'm so glad that we had this conversation. So thank you, Kelly. Absolutely. Thank you, Lindsay. Is is uh is there anything you like to say before I leave? Sometimes I give the you know the mic over like sh- share a, a little bit of positive you know inspiration. <laughs> I would say keep on believing, like have faith. All of our loved ones are around us, guiding us. We can't see certain things with the human eye, but they're very much alive and well, and everything's communicating through us. So trust that process and 
follow those nudges. Um, anytime that you get a feeling, trust it and just go with it. With that said, everybody, please trust. And thank you so much again, Lindsay, for being here today. I'm wishing everyone a fantastic week. Go with love, luck, light, and just live. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much again, Lindsay. Thank you. Bye, everyone.